You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1457. Today's episode is an excerpt from the Horses in the Morning show, where Glenn and Lisa chat with Dr. Eleanor Green about a new program to help pre-vet students get a leg up on their horse skills without breaking the bank. Well, today we're so excited to have Dr. Eleanor Green with us. She's a veterinarian at Lincoln Memorial University, and they have a new program that hopefully, fingers crossed, is going to bring a lot of brand new equine veterinarians into the industry. So, Dr. Green, welcome. Welcome. I'm glad to be here and certainly to pitch in on a topic that's of great importance to all of us who love horses. Yes, and I know some of our listeners have, you know, four or six hour drives to get their horses to a vet. I know for us personally uh, at Colby's Army, I have a therapeutic uh, riding center. We have one one vet that's an hour and a half away and another that's an hour away. And, you know, most of it's telemedicine, really, uh, because we rarely see them, if ever, on property. So tell us about this new, brand new program to get equine vets into the industry. Well, you've already teed up the issue about the shortages of equine veterinarians with even 50% of the new graduates even leaving practice within the first five years. Wow. And and there are a lot of reasons for that. And one of the reasons is they have lower starting salaries and they have burnout. And, and one of the reasons for their lower starting salaries, we believe, is that it takes a while for them to get the experience they need to um, warrant a higher salary. And I hate to say that because I hope they get them at graduation, but that's uh, potentially an issue. Well, let me just tell you a little bit about how this program came about and what it's going to be. Dr. Jim Hurd and I have been immersed in the equine industry for our entire working and personal lives. And we have a deep understanding of of the industry from both sides. I'm a veterinarian. He's a PhD. We've both been in academia. I was at Texas A&M Dean just most recently. And, And so one day we were driving through Lexington and he said, wouldn't it be great if we could have an equine-only veterinary college? And of course, such a college couldn't meet the accreditation guidelines, but we started talking about it more and said, well, what about if we create an immersive equine veterinary education program within an existing college? Well, Lincoln Memorial University is a private university that's in Tennessee, and it It has the flexibility and the nimbleness to take on something like this. And so we worked with them, and they were a perfect home and are a perfect home for such a program. So what does this program look like? What we're doing is we are going to create a program that is going to be an immersive six years plus one semester program from undergraduate all the way through the DVM degree. And when an individual is admitted to the undergraduate, they're also admitted to veterinary school, unless they just can't maintain it. All right, I got to stop you there, Eleanor, because we were talking about this before the show. We've had these conversations on numerous shows on the network about the vet issue, and nobody ever asked the question, well, you know, it, it takes a 4.0 and a million dollars to get, uh, to get into vet school in the first place. That's part of the progress, pro- pro- uh, problem that we have. So when you, when I heard that you said it was going to be undergrad all the way through, that changes the mix a whole lot and is something that we definitely need. Yeah, it really does. And, and here's another thing about this program that we think is very clever. 
That is that we aren't going to train veterinary students who decide they want to be equine veterinarians. What we're going to do is take horse kids, young people who have grown up in the horse industry off farms and ranches and at a rodeo and at a pony club and whatever it is that they're out of, they have a deep understanding of the horse, how to handle it, how to ride it, how to do whatever with horses. And then we're going to take those students and train them to be veterinarians. It's going to be a very different approach. That is really interesting because uh, when I was training professionally, I was in Washington State and I'm actually here in Tennessee now, but in both states, I have gone to uh, veterinary colleges to teach prospective veterinarians about horse behavior. And I think that's a big thing where you, you can graduate with a veterinary degree at a lot of places and really not know anything about the horse. You know, you're exactly right. We can we can in veterinary colleges, and I've been involved in many of them, do a wonderful job of teaching the medicine. Yes. It is very difficult to teach a student to be a horseman during veterinary college, and you just nailed it right there. And so we're going to bring them in as horsemen at the beginning and then give them the medical knowledge they need. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So is this program going now? Do you have your first students in place? We are accepting applications this fall, and they will start next fall, except one other unique feature of this uh, program is summer internships, except they will actually start the summer before they start classes because they will start their first immersive summer internship experience. Another unique feature of this program is that it's going to have six summer-long working internships. The first two will be with farms and ranches. And the last four will be with veterinary clinics. And we already have a lot of people on board to take these students. We have uh, we have a lot of the different farms and ranches on, on the quarter horse side. We have verbal commitments from the four sixes from King Ranch, Brazos Valley Equine, and Lazy E. And those are just a few, and we got more to come. On the thoroughbred side, we already have verbal commitments from Calumet, Gainesway, Spinthrift, TaylorMade, Lanes Inn, Denali. And veterinary practices expressing interest so far are Haggard's, Rudin Riddle, Avante, 113 Equine, ESMS, uh, Brandon Equine Medical Center in Florida. They're all over, and there are certainly going to be many more to come. So That's this amazing. is going to be another thing. That they that helps students because they'll get paid while they learn even more, and these farms will line up to get them because they want help that already knows how to handle horses. So, so I, lo- I love the paid internship part of it too because I think it it costs like what eighteen million dollars to go to vet school. Um, yeah, you know, right. And this would would this help then? I think uh, offset some of those costs. Yeah. Yes, it will. And we're hoping our students can graduate with less debt for several reasons. One is that the length of the education is less. So they have, you know, nearly two years less to pay Mm -hmm. for. Plus, they can start earning two years earlier. Plus, they can make money while they're learning during vet school. And we think all those things can add up together to to uh, curb the debt. In addition to that, we didn't even start this program. And we've already had people calling to want to do scholarships. We have three uh, scholarships already for um, one of them is 25000 a year for the four years of the students uh, program. 
And uh, and these this isn't this is without us even asking. So we think that this program is going to attract a lot of scholarship support as well. All right. So you got them coming. Basically, as I understand it, they're going to be coming out of high school, or they're a little older and they want to change careers and get into this or whatever. Uh, they come out of a, you know working students for a professional writer for a while and decide to go into veterinary, and this would be a perfect way for them to do that too. What requirements are they going to have academically or otherwise to get into the program? You know, the requirements will be uh, the same as every other vet student. They're not going to lower standards for these students at all. Uh, LMU is accepts students at a lower grade point than some other colleges, and their students are fantastic. I'm, I'm not saying that, that that's a lower quality program because they actually have data that show that the students – that don't get in even have have the same uh, records as some of those who do. And the students who get in with a lower uh, at the lower end of the class do just as well as those on the upper end. There's very little difference once they get in. So any, all I'm saying is that the quality is going to be good, but there will be standards that will be the same as for veterinary school. But here's the thing. They don't have to compete with this pool of 1,500 other people. Yeah, that's the other thing. You know, you'll have you'll have a right. pool, and a lot of them are going into vet school to be small animal vets too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. And so they're yeah. taking up the spots, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah there this, are, there are a, a lot of yeah there are a lot of of young people that that come out of these environments, and maybe maybe they've had to work in the summers. Maybe they've gone to the Olympics in the summers and ridden. Who knows? But for whatever reason, sometimes their grade point is is not as high as some others who don't have to work, who haven't immersed themselves in the industry. And sometimes they are just in that cutoff point that don't get in, and yet they could be fantastic students. Right. And we hope that we'll get some of them as well. Right. And I think, you know, with, with horses, I'm sure with every animal, but I think with horses, it you know, <laughs> learning so much about um, horse behavior and herd behavior and herd dynamics can really help you diagnose if you really understand what you're looking at. And having people with... with you know, born and bred, so to speak, into that industry and, and being raised with horses and, and having a good feel for that, um, I think can put them light years ahead. And that would certainly make up for, you know, maybe a B plus in chemistry versus an A. I, I, that's exactly what we're thinking. And, you know, you hit on a really good point. I'm, I've, my husband and I both been in the horse industry since we were born, and he went the PhD route, and his PhD happens to be in equine behavior, and I went the veterinary route, and I actually taught equine behavior. So we both get it and understand the importance of, beha- of behavior and assessing an animal in, in a medical condition or any other. And, you know, Chris Cox is one of our advisory council members. And I don't, I think most people know who he is, but he has said before, he said, you know, my horses are worth a lot of money and I spend a lot of time getting them to respond correctly. And he said, it doesn't take any time for somebody to mess up my foundation by handling them wrong. And he said, if somebody comes on my place and can't handle my horse, they're not coming back. Well, not only that, yeah. I mean, you're talking about the health of the veterinarian, too. you got somebody coming out of vet school, hasn't dealt with horses a lot, they're going to get hurt. Exactly. Uh, you know, and that's yes. the other thing, you know, they get hurt, and that's what probably one of the reasons that half of them bail in the first five years, is it is dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right. right, and you talked about assessment for illness, but assessment for safety is, is equally as important. 
Well, I think this is brilliant. We, we it's thinking way outside the box, we, and you got a university degree to it, so there's that. Yeah. Um, where is LMU? What part of the Tennessee is it in? You know, LMU is it's an hour and a half from Knoxville. It's right on the Kentucky line and and up by Virginia and Kentucky. It's right in that corner. It's in the Cumberland Mountains, right by the Cumberland Gap. It's a beautiful setting. And interestingly, Pete DeBusk is the one who started this program. He was an LMU graduate and has um, attributes his education at LMU for his great success. He's a multi-billionaire. He has like 70 medical patents, and he wanted to give back to the area. And so he has created this school, Lincoln Memorial University, and it has a med school and a vet school and a dental school and a nursing school and on and on and all, mainly professional focused. And and he's very flexible. We asked him, we said, how long do you think it would take to get a program like this approved? And he said, 15 minutes. I'm chairman of the board. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, and that is so um, uh, unfamiliar in most established universities. And they're all wonderful. I'm not being critical. I've spent my life in universities. However, they they are unwieldy well, and big sometimes. And they're political. And, yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. LMU is not. And then also, you know, you're dealing with, you're trying to change the whole world for a very small number of students. And, and so a lot of them can't actually make that many sessions for just a small percentage of their students but lincoln memorial can they can be very innovative and flexible and we're we're very pleased with their entire leadership team all so right I'm, so they I'm, don't I'm, you don't have to have a southern accent to go there no you okay. do not all right so i'm, I'm <laughs> no they already recruit nationwide they already okay. have students from all over the country yeah um so uh dr green I, I know that there's going to be some um, younger people who are already in college listening to this and thinking, man, I want to be part of this program. So if they're a junior or a senior or a sophomore, they're already going to some other school, What can they be accepted into this program and how would that change things? All right. We talked about this a lot and we said, look, part of the beauty of this program is they're going to come in as a cohort. So there'll be probably at the first year, maybe 25 students. They'll come in together. They'll go through the whole program together. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll share their experiences. There'll be a lot of peer to peer learning, not only from their past experiences, but also from those they glean in their internships. And so we talked a lot about what to do about that. Can students come in and enter? And at this point, it's, in a sense, not really yet. However, there's no reason that a person from any other program can't enter veterinary school at LMU. And we're looking at how can we embellish their experiences, even though they wouldn't be directly a part of this, and have them uh, participate in as many of these er areas as they could. And so the answer is sort of a yes, but not not truly a, this program, if that makes sense. You know, that makes sense to me because part of what part of this experience is that summer internship. You know, that's they're going to learn as much there as they are in school. So, I, you know, I kind of get why you're why you say that. Well, and not I, skipping yeah. a couple of years yeah. of that. I like, too, the, the fact that they're coming in and they're a group and they're going through together. And that's going to stay with them their entire professional lives. Those connections. It will. Networking. It will. And imagine, imagine someone coming from West Texas off of a ranch and from Pennsylvania off of a three-day eventing 
farm and off the northwest off of a different program in florida off of the polo teams and you know whatever it is but imagine all those wonderful horsemen getting together and sharing their experiences and i know that i always say i love a really good horse of any discipline and i'm not tied to any one discipline i just appreciate a great horse and i think we learn from each other in those disciplines okay how do i sign up I'm, I'm only, uh, yeah. I'm only 60, you know, you know you're, is it too old yeah. for that? Yeah. No, you're not. Okay. And and I got to tell you, get in line behind me because I want to start <laughs> over and do it. I would have given anything to have a program like this when when I was a student, anything. How do they find out about it and, uh, you know, do pre-registration or ask questions? They just go online at Lincoln Memorial. They have a website up and you can get information there. Well, there you have it. Horse Radio Network has thousands of engaging podcasts for horse people, and you can have them sent right to your phone. Just subscribe via your favorite podcast player. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>